Hello and welcome to Booze and Bloodshed. I'm your host, Susanna. And I'm Cindy. And today, well, I guess, wait, first I got to introduce the alcohol. Back the <laughs> truck up, girl. Um, so today we are drinking a blood orange whiskey sour, which is very good. I am one who does enjoy myself a good whiskey sour, but I've not had a blood orange one. So this is a first for me. And I think it tastes pretty good. It is very good. And it's actually, it's really, it's a really pretty. Uh, it almost looks like it should taste like a, like a, like a cherry creamsicle or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what's good. It's like, yeah, it's kind of a creamy, dusty rose color. Yeah. Because this, this whiskey sour does have egg white in it, as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's very good. I like it. I do too. Cheers. Cheers. All right, so today I have a story here for you all, and we're we're venturing back into the paranormal realm today. Um, so I am going to be talking about um, Povelia Island, which is um, it's an island in the Venetian Lagoon between Venice and. I'm not sure if it's Lido or Lido, Italy. I don't know. <laughs> I want to say Lido, but I could be completely wrong. But anyways, and Povelia is like one of many little islands that is are in this lagoon. Um, and Povelia is uh, approximately 17 acres. Um, so it's a very, very small island. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like super tiny. You can walk all around it super easy and quick. Um, it is also uh, split roughly in half um, by a canal. And then, of course, you know, has bridges that connect the two Like completely halves. split? Mm-hmm. So it's two islands. Yeah. Two. Two islands in <laughs> one. I mean, I guess, yeah, if you want to get technical, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so, so there is... It, it is completely split down. Yep. Okay. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's connected by bridges that will go across. Um, anyway, so Povelia is known as like the most haunted island in the world. Um, and it has quite a long um, and dark history. Uh, it didn't start out dark, but it, it turned dark real fast. Um, so it was first mentioned in documents in 421. Oh, Way, way, way back when. Way, the way, way back. Way, way mm-hmm. back. Like, that's just, I, it feels weird to say that as a year. I know. <laughs> You're missing a number. Yeah. Like, in my mind, I'm like, were people really a thing back then? But I, evidently, they documented it, so. Um, but basically, what was documented at this time was that um, the people of um, Padua and Este had to um, fled to Pavalia uh, to get away from the um, Arlick the Goth and Attila the Hun invasions um, during the fall of the Roman Empire. And then um, nothing more was really recorded until um, like throughout the 9th century, 
Uh, the island's population grew um, and continued to do so in the following centuries. Uh, and then in 1379, Venice was attacked by a Genoan fleet during the, um, oh gosh, I gotta remember how to say this, uh, during the Kyoja, Kyoja War. Kyoja War. Kyoja War. It's okay. Yeah, I had to like write myself a little like phenome, like how to say it, because I would have. <laughs> it's it. It's not spelled how it sounds, because you know Italian. Um. See. Anyways, so, so yeah, uh, they got attacked during that war, um, and this was kind of like an ongoing war between like Venice and. Um, Genoa, <laughs> uh, they had an ongoing war for like many, many years. Um, and this attack, I believe, was one of the last during their feud. Um, anyways, and so during this one, the residents of Pavelia were forced to move by um, Venice officials so that they could build an autonom- uh, octagonal uh, fort on the island and turn it into a military outpost. Because and they did this with multiple islands in the lagoon, and then that way they could better defend and control the lagoon that is basically like the gateway to Venice. Oh, um, and so this actually added a third part, third little island to Povelia because they actually built a literal octagonal shaped um, little island. Um, at the point, and that's where um, they, like, had the fort and, like, all the weapons and stuff like that, like, because it made, like, a point with the island. So it was, like, the first line of defense, basically. Oh. So they then they they, they, they built a structure off the island, this mm-hmm. octagon. Yeah, I'll have to show you a picture. Yeah. And there will be a picture of the whole island and what it looks like and, and stuff like that on our Instagram if you want to check it out so you can kind of get a better mental picture. Um, but yeah, so essentially now it's like three little parts. Huh. Uh, it's the Bermuda Triangle? I mean, the Venice Triangle? I mean, I guess. Okay. If you, you want to say that. <laughs> a lot of people do die here, so. There you go. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then uh, during the following two centuries after they turned it into this military outpost, the island remained unpopulated um, and solely just used as that um, forefront to Venice. And then during the plague outbreaks in the 1570s and the 1630s, um, Povelia, along with other lagoon islands, were used as quarantine stations. Um, and housed plague victims and those who, um, those who didn't survive were either buried in mass graves or cremated on the island, like just big burn piles, basically. Well, really, I mean, I know like a lot of, the, you, you can't bury, I mean, an island because of the water level, you, you can't bury people. Well, they buried some, but they burned most. They had met their burn berry quota. <laughs> yeah, they um, a lot of people went to die on this island, and especially during like the peaks of those outbreaks. Um, like if you showed any little 
symptom of the plague, you were you were kicked out and put oh, onto yeah. one of those islands. And because yeah, like Venice really like shut it down, like because I mean, it, we it, thought for, we thought COVID <laughs> was bad. Yeah, we thought COVID was bad. No, at least we didn't like shove all of our people onto an island that were sick and dying. Um, but yeah, I remember uh, in one of them, I believe it was the 1570s outbreak, Venice lost literally half of their population Wow! to the plague, um, which was insane, which I, I believe it was something like 50,000 people. Um, so lots, lots, not all of those people died on Povelia, but just from Venice, that was the amount during that time that died. That's crazy. Um. And then in 1776, Povelia became the jurisdiction of the Magistrado a la Sanita, which means um, public health office. And it was turned into uh, the main checkpoint for all goods and people coming to and from Venice by ship. And if anyone on those ships were deemed to have the plague, they would then be quarantined on Povelia for uh, 40 days. And if they survived those 40 days, they were allowed to continue on with wherever they were going um, or they died. You know. I <laughs> Although I guess like during, so during the um, like lower times of the plague when it wasn't so crazy, um, they did actually have like a facility, like a housing facility on Povelia as well as like the other islands that they used for quarantine. So they had the leper colony. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah. But like uh, what I'm getting at is like it, for a lot of the time, it wasn't quite as bad as it kind of sounds. Like people, you know, they had rooms and like they got fed and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, it was really only during like the peaks of the plague outbreaks where it was like mayhem and like they were like dumping bodies upon bodies. Like um, some of my sources said that during like the peaks, like um, boats going from Venice to these islands would be running like nonstop every day, just bringing dead bodies. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, lot, lots of people, people dying. contain the disease. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's why they burned most of them because that's what how they knew. Yeah, well, that's that's how they knew that it wasn't going to spread more if they burned the bodies that were sick. Yeah. Um. And some sources did say that um, during these peaks, like the the uh, officials would like um, not really pay attention to if uh, the people were fully dead before they put them in these burn pits, um, because you know some people like they would be so sick and and stuff like they wouldn't have like a lot of movement. They wouldn't really talk very much. So people would just like assume that they're dead and drag them to the burn pits when they weren't actually quite dead. I'm not quite I'm dead, not yet. dead yet. So a lot of people say that you can like hear screams of well, like no those people's the ghosts. Well, no place is haunted. <laughs> These spirits are pissed. Like I said, very dark history. We're not done yet. Oh, Lord. With that part. Um, anyway, so then um, in 1793, uh, two ships uh, coming through Pavalia were found to have multiple cases of the plague. And so Pavalia was once again turned um, into a quarantine station, um, bigger so than how it was operating previously. And then um, it remained a quarantine island until 1814. Um, and was then unoccupied 
So obviously due to its dark history, many of the Venetian locals began calling the island um, Island of Ghosts. Yeah. Call them like you see them. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's estimated that around 160,000 people have been buried slash burned on Pavalia throughout the centuries um, that the plague wreaked havoc. And then um, it's also believed that approximately half of the soil content is human ash. Oh my god! Isn't that isn't that insane? Obviously, I um, I don't believe that's been scientifically proven, but it's a widely, um, I guess, known bit of knowledge or whatever well, like if you think about it if they if that was i mean would you that was over 300 years that they used that mm-hmm. yeah i mean that it's gotta add up oh definitely definitely and i know like in um like the videos and stuff that i watched of like people at this island like you they um a few of them like actually picked up um like some of the earth and it was very kind of sand and like very thin and you could totally yeah powdery like you could totally see that yeah that could be ash like at least in part wow which is crazy and another thing was so um so you know how i said that the island was split in two essentially so one of those halves um that's they call it the burn fields because that's where um they burned all the bodies was on that half and then on the other half is where they had like the facility um, the care of the, yeah, okay, like the hospital or whatever you want to call it, uh, quarantine station or yeah. So that um, and so that half that had the burn fields, there's absolutely no structures on there, and it's literally just well nowadays it's um, totally overgrown and like there's tons of um, plant life just growing all over. Well, I mean they had a lot of. A lot of nutrients. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> nutrient-rich environment. Very much so. Yes, um, as morbid as that is, but that actually, if you, I don't know if that's morbid in my mind, I think that it. it I guess I look at it as from death. From life comes from death. I mean, yeah, that, the circle of life. Yeah, that this, this, the, the. The death decomposition, Mm -hmm. ash, whatever, it comes back full circle in in growing new life. I don't know. Yeah, no, that no, that's a very good. That's a nice outlook on it. Well, (laughs) I mean, very true. Yeah, like a like I said, circle of life. Everything goes around, comes around, and you know, yeah. Um, anyways, though, to continue on, um, so, yeah, so basically from 1814, it remained unoccupied and unused, um, until 1922, so a little over 100 years later, um, the existing buildings on Povelia were then turned into a mental hospital, and so this really started turning a lot of um, rumors throughout, like, Venice and just, like, the the locals and stuff. Um, and I, I haven't found 
any of this other than the actual existence of the mental hospital. Like that is fact and true. But um, what I'm about to tell you next is not proven, um, but it's widely believed and rumored. Uh, so over the years, rumors went around around about um, the bad treatment of and experimentation, such as lobotomies without um, anesthesia on the patients. Like what, no, what time frame are we thinking? Uh, 1920s. Oh, 1920s, okay. 30s. So when they know better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the, the mental hospital opened in 1922. Um, and then it wasn't actually closed until 1968. Um, so anywhere in between there. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, like during like uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, like that was the time that the lobotomies were coming out and were being widely used, like at least here in the U.S. for sure. Um, And so it was also rumored that uh, multiple patients, actually like most of the patients were telling um, the main doctor uh, very similar stories of seeing like plague ghosts. Um, smelling burning bodies uh, and hearing threatening whispers when they were alone. And, but of course, you know, the doctor just wrote it off as like a shared delusion. You know, these people are crazy. Like, you know, he didn't believe them. And so he just ignored them. Um, and uh, he, this doctor was alleged, alleged to have performed experimental surgeries on patients, um, often described as torturous, uh, and uh, often led to the death of many patients. These experiments were said to have taken place in the bell tower that is on the island. Of course. Right? Um, And then sometime in the 1930s, this doctor went mad um, and basically, like, jumped from the top of the bell tower to his death. So one prevalent story around that um, claims that after decades of torturing his um, patients, the doctor started seeing the same plague ghosts that his patients told him of and um, realizing that his patients' delusions were actually true, he, um, like, apparently just came overwhelmed with grief and guilt. Um, And so his guilt led him to the tower and he jumped. And... Also in this story, it says that he didn't actually die from the fall, um, but instead he withered in pain on the ground and a nurse um, like heard his scream and came to help him, but uh, she stopped dead in her tracks when she saw a mist come up from the ground and choke the doctor to death. Ooh. Yeah, that would um <laughs> stop me in my tracks. I'm like, <laughs> I'd be like, be like off. and that's the thing. She actually was um leaving for the day to go back to the main island when she heard his scream and she went to go help him. Oh my god. And then goodness. was like, mm, never mind. <laughs> we we know help you. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, so like I said earlier, the hospital was shut down in 1968 along with the island itself. Um, so nothing further was opened on this island after that. Um, it was not inhabited or anything. So it just basically remained abandoned. Um, and at some point, I don't know, I couldn't really find like a specific time, but at some point, um, the Italian government um, actually forbade any um, locals or tourists to go onto this island because of so many um, like paranormal reports and it was just causing a lot of trouble for them. And so they um, basically made it illegal to go to that island. So if you do go to that island, even to this day and you're caught, you can, you will, you will get fined for trespassing and you could get time in jail. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but of course people still go. Uh, anyway, so then later in 2014, a 99-year lease of Povelia was auctioned off. Um, and a businessman named uh, Luigi Brunaro, um, Brunaro, Brunaro. Uh, was the winner or, you know, the highest bidder. Um, and But apparently, uh, I saw kind of some mixed information. Um, one I saw that said um, this businessman um, began renovations on the existing buildings um, because he wanted to open something on there for the public. Um, but shortly after the renovations started, uh, they were abruptly stopped with like no explanation. Um, and there's actually still scaff scaffolding standing um, like next to the hospital building and stuff on Povelia. Oh, really? Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, but then, and then other sources were saying that um, the government ended up withdrawing um, the lease from this man because um, either A, like they changed their mind, or B, they didn't feel like um, the offer was high enough. Because uh, their main goal with auctioning off the island was to actually get money because they were um, very much so in debt. And so they were trying to, like, relieve their debt. Um, okay. The country itself, I mean. Uh -huh. And so, yes, but they they said that his offer was too low, basically, and um, withdrew it. So I'm not sure which one's true. The withdrawal story, I did see in more... Um, sources, so I'm leaning towards that one being true, um, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, so as I said before, Italy made it illegal to step foot on Povelia, um, and many tourists try to get rides to the island, um, but have a lot of difficulty finding someone to take them, uh, as many of the locals, or actually pretty much all of the locals believe the island to be evil or to house evil, uh, so they won't go near it. And, yeah, it's very interesting. Like, they, they like, the local Venetians, like, they very much like, mm, nope. So it's it's lore there, you know. Mm -hmm. Very much and so. very real. Um, I mean. Yeah, it is. It is very real for them. 
Uh, I mean, it's something that, you know, they as a people have lived with for hundreds of years, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so kind of now getting into the more paranormal side of things, um, many people have claimed that the doctor uh, who leapt to his death is now one of the spirits who haunts the island. Um, and you, many people also say that they can still hear the bell chime sometimes, even though the actual bell was removed like decades ago. Uh, so there's no way that it could make a bell sound, but people still say that they hear it chime, which is really interesting and spooky. So, uh, so way, way back, I mean, in the 1500s, no, no bells, no, it was in a church or something that might have had a bell. Oh no, there was a church. That's what the bell tower was, was from, was a church. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so there, so this island, um, it had it had a church, it had a hospital, um, it had uh, basically like a like a residential type building to house people in, like when during the quarantine, and then again during when it was like a mental hospital, um, and. Uh, there's some there's some other buildings on there, and I can't think. I think there's just like some administrative buildings on there, um, but I mean, all of the buildings that are still existing, like they're, I mean, they haven't been taken care of since they were erected, so they're very, very much so um, crumbling and actually very dangerous. Like, oh yeah, um, they would totally be in a state of disrepair. And- Oh yeah, like you can in some of the videos that I watched, you can you can see that like the floor it's like caving in on in some areas, like the roofs are caving in. Um, some of the videos that I watched, like the people were like, "Yeah, we're not gonna walk over there because we don't think that the floor is gonna, <laughs> gonna hold, hold us." Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like the it's like well over a hundred years old, like by now by this point, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but wow yeah crazy anyway so on to more ghosty things so ghost adventures did an episode um at this place and they um this episode aired in in 2009 i believe so it was a while ago um but so this is kind of what happened on that episode uh, shortly after walking into one of the buildings, um, that was a part of the mental hospital, um, they, so when they initially went to the island, they did have, um, an Italian, uh, historian guide with them. Um, and so that guy, um, as well as the crew, like as soon as they walked into this building, they all got like an uneasy feeling and like the hairs on their arms stood up. Um, and they actually like showed that, like they like got like zoomed in onto one of the guy's arms and like you could see like the goosebumps and like his hair is sticking up. Really? Yeah. And the historian guy that was with them, he was just like, um, he's like, yeah, I don't, he's like, I don't like it here. Um, he did tell them that he had been, to Pavalia once before when he was much younger Um, because this guy looked to be probably in his 40s or so I would say at that time Um, so he's like yeah I've been here you know once before when I was younger and he's like I haven't been back since 
He's like, I don't really want to stay on this island for very long. And um, and this was still in the daylight. Like, it hadn't gotten dark yet. Um, oh. And, yeah. So, the Ghost Adventures, their crew, they stayed on the island overnight. And um, they... <laughs> Uh, they did actually get permission from the Italian government to do this. Um, so you can contact the government and ask for permission to go to po- Povelia. Um, I mean, obviously it's not guaranteed, but they did allow it in some cases. So like for the Ghost Adventures episode and then the um, Scariest Places on Earth also did an episode in 2000. Um, and so they also got permission to go to the island. Um they should have. They should have made this their money making, <laughs> right? <laughs> scheme. <laughs> I mean, spend the night on a very haunted island, <laughs> right? I, I'm sure that they probably got some asked for some sort of compensation or whatever to um allow them to go on. Like, I'm sure they had to like maybe like buy a permit or you know whatever. I doubt that they just were like, yeah, go for it for free, <laughs> you know. Um, but. Anyways, so the uh, the crew uh, is told by many um, Venice natives, or sorry, the crew is told that many Venice natives report seeing a like white misty apparitions uh, while floating by the island on their boats. So like they'll see these apparitions on the island like as they're going by. Okay. Um, mostly in the burn fields area is where, where they'll see these white misty apparitions. Like s- take on a shape or? Um, it didn't get too specific. Um, I I don't think it was like a solid like human form. Um, not necessarily like like if you were looking at an actual, at an actual person, like it wasn't quite that solid, but it was more of like a kind of shape of a human I think is more so what they're saying um if that makes sense does that make sense yeah okay um kind of like the ones on our uh, cover art layer I would think in my mind I'm kind of thinking more like that maybe not even quite that much of a shape either but 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 yeah enough to definitive shape enough that you could identify it from yeah, from like a regular yeah. like from mist or you know, yeah. yeah, it's not like just a normal fog that they're like, oh, ghost. No, like I, it, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, like a more definitive enough shape that they're the like, ghost oh, of morning fog. <laughs> <laughs> It'll burn off by noon, honey. <laughs> no, okay, no. Um. Anyways, uh, so. The crew did try to interview, like, multiple locals about Povelia. Like, um, in Venice, they just, like, on the street were trying to, like, talk to people about it. Um, But pretty much everybody, like, declined to talk about it or said that they didn't know anything. Like, they were just like, nope, I don't know anything. Pretty much. So, I found that really interesting because they, I mean, at least in the episode they like showed them trying to talk to like it I think it was like at least 10 people and all of them were just like I don't know or like nope nope I don't talk about that they just flat out refused really so it's 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 
basically interwoven with their culture then. Mm, kind of, yeah. Yeah, like they're, it, it's, like you said earlier, it's very much like um, lore there. And huh. Okay. Yeah, which is, I find very interesting because if it were me, I'd be like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, you know, that's just me though, you know. <laughs> I'm just weird like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so at one point, Nick, who is one of the crew members, um, tells the spirits, this is they're back on the island, um, in one of the buildings, and he tells the spirits to use his energy um so that they can like, you know, communicate because spirits they need energy in order to be able to communicate with live people um and so he told them to use his energy and then immediately afterwards zach who is like the main ghost adventure guy Uh um he starts to feel like very drained and weak um and they also catch an indistinguishable evp at the same time as well it's just kind of like a muffled voice sound um, but you can't you can't like make out a word or anything from it. But it's just interesting how it happens at the same time that a Nick says to use his energy, and b Zach starts to feel drained and weak. At, like that all happens at the same time, or well, immediately Say that after. Again now what? So okay, so Nick, one of the crew members, tells the spirits to use his energy to communicate. And then right after that, Zach starts to feel drained, like very drained and weak. And then at the same time that Zach is feeling drained and weak, they catch an EVP of a voice, but they can't like distinguish what the what the words are. It's just kind of a muffled sound. Oh, wow. Isn't that so interesting? He, so he basically said, use me as your medium, and then instantly it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, they catch a lot of interesting things. Um, if you can get past like Zach's demeanor and how he does things, it is very interesting. Huh. Um, and, and and this was early in their stay or? Yeah. <laughs> and you stayed. <laughs> yeah. This is like one of the first things that happened basically like after the guide had left and they were like left on the island alone. Um, oh, also, I totally forgot to write this down, but as, so when they um, were getting into their little um, taxi boat to get dropped off at the island, so this was like around dusk, um, they get into the boat and the motor's like going and then all of a sudden it stops. And then um, Zach like tries to get it going again because it's just one of those, you know, like pull start. Pull start? Yeah, pull start mowers, or not mowers, motors um and he like tries to start it a few times and it doesn't start so he gets out to start looking for another boat but then um the guy who actually operates that um boat gets it to start again but it was just kind of like eerie how like they're well you know they're they're like about to go to the island to stay for the night and the boat's motor just stopped and it was running like initially and then it just like stops running like, you might want to rethink this. <laughs> Let me kill the motor while you do. Oh, no, no, no. What is so, one thing that, like, I, like, I guess I get why they do it, but it also, 
almost bothers me in a way. I don't really know why, but like, like this crew, like Zach and, and Nick, and then the third guy's name is Aaron. Um, they like, they provoke the spirits so that they get like a response. Like they like, so they poke the bear. They do. They poke the bear. Like they're like, you know, like use my energy. Or they're like, um, you know, to one of like the more evil spirits, you know, Zach's like, you bastard. Like, well, you, like, so yeah, it's like totally provokes him. He's like, if you want me gone, you better, you know, like make me leave or that sort of thing. And I'm just like, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Why you want to tempt it? Cause they, they want the evidence. They want, they want something tangible that they can record or whatever. So like, I get that, but like at, at the same time, it almost kind of bothers me. Like, I, I don't know. That's why I'm like, if you can get past like how they, um, so is it disrespectful or or just Uh, on the edge? I don't know. I haven't really watched enough to really say. I've only seen like a couple episodes, so I can't like say definitively. But in this episode specifically, um, Zach does bring a plague mask, like one of those doctor's masks, and wears it to provoke. To provoke, uh, smite me. Mm-hmm. Like when, like he wears it when they're over in the, um, in the burn fields, and he's like, he's like, oh, does this remind you of the doctor? Like, does this frighten you? Blah blah blah. Or does this anger you? Yeah. <laughs> well, either he's brave or c- completely st- uh, stupid. I. No, maybe 50-50. <laughs> well, he hasn't been struck down yet, I guess. Uh, no, I mean, it's still, he's still doing it. Like, Ghost Adventures is actually still, like, running with new new, new okay. content so to this day. Okay. So, okay. He's still alive, somehow. Um. Anyways, where was I? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then at another point, um, the crew hears a loud bang and um, Aaron feels like an energy pass through him. Um, and when they're trying to find where the loud bang came from, uh, they find a small like hidden room. Uh, and so of course, you know, they go inside that room and immediately like the crew starts to feel like very lightheaded, uh, especially Aaron, um, and when using one of their EMF detectors, um, which is electromagnetic field detector. Okay. Um, I just lost my spot. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they're using one of those in this area, they picked up a large spike, and then the detector just stopped working and shut off completely. Oh. Like, yeah. like, it, like it fried it? Kind of, yeah, kind of in a way. Like that's what it didn't like go like or anything like right, that. But, but I mean, it just like yeah, it like, just like oh, it went no, poop, you, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it had that spike, and then the screen went blank, and it stopped working. Like it wouldn't turn back on or anything, which was interesting. Um, and then shortly after this, uh, Zach has, like, a very angry and violent outburst, uh, most of which he didn't remember. Uh, All he remembered was just, like, feeling very angry all of a sudden and, like, it was, like, a red filter just, like, went over his eyes and... Oh, excuse me. 
um, he was standing next to Aaron at the time. And uh, I can't remember what he had said, but Aaron had like, um, had like asked him a question or had said, or no, Zach said something and Aaron was like, me? And Zach like just super angrily was like, yes, you! And like got really angry at him and, like, you could see it. Like, he turned his face to the camera, and he totally did look, like, completely different. Like, his demeanor looked totally different. Like, he looked outraged on his face. Like, very angry. And um, he, uh, I mean, luckily, he didn't, like, totally attack the other two or anything like that. But he was just, like, he was very angry. And they are like, whoa, dude, like, calm down. Like, what's going on? Um, because it was like, it was super quick, like just like flip of a switch. He was just super angry and, um, he like had a piece of equipment in his hands and he was like starting to like, like rip it apart kind of. Um, and it it was very interesting. So they like, they finally coax him out of that room. Um, and he kind of starts to clear up a little bit and, um, when he actually finally comes to, he's like, what happened? Like he didn't. Oh, so he didn't have any recollection. No. And they, so they played back, um, cause you know, they videotaped it. So they played back the video for him and he was like, it was really hard to watch. He's like, I don't remember doing any of that. Um, and you know, obviously he felt bad for how he acted towards like, I mean, these guys are right. like his friends, you right, know? Right. Right. Um, and he's known them for a long time. So he, yeah, he like felt really bad for, for the, how he acted. And he was like, that was not me. He's like, I didn't, I didn't do that. Like, can you imagine those scenes? Like, like obviously you're looking at your, yourself on, mm-hmm. on the tape, but, but not. Yeah. No, that would, that would be absolutely wild. Like that would rock that would my be, world. That would, yeah, that um, would be pretty scary, man. Yeah, so they're so they're definitely um, their assumption is that he like got possessed some of some sorts um, by one of the spirits or something, or just very strongly persuaded by one. Um, but luckily, I mean, luckily he was able to like you know stop snap out of it without causing major damage or anything like that. Um, and after that happened, they did um, go outside for a bit and like you know, get some air. Yeah. got some air, cooled down, cooled off. Um, but then of course, you know, went right back to it. Um, so as the crew made their way over to, um, the half of the Island that housed all the burned and buried plague victims, um, they started to smell an odor, like something was burning. Uh, and then a few moments later, Zach hears what he thinks is a scream, um, and the audio or the camera audio also picked it up. Me personally, I'm not totally sure if it was like a scream, um, or just like a bird call because it, um, there are, you know, like seagulls and, in various birds all around these islands. Um, and like in other videos, I definitely heard the birds in, um, in other videos that I saw. And they actually like pointed out like, oh, those are, you know, so-and-so birds. Um, so it kind to me, it kind of sounded more like that because it was kind of like a ha, ha, like that kind of sound. So I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if I believe that that's necessarily a scream as opposed to like a bird. 
Um, but, I, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Go watch the episode and, you know, decide for yourself. But to me, I feel like it might have been more of a bird. Um, let's see. So while they're in the field, Zach is trying to provoke the spirits. Um, like I said earlier, he's wearing um, a plague doctor mask. Um, and for those who don't know what I'm referencing, I'm referencing those masks with like the really long beaks on them that are very scary looking. Uh, well, I'll also put a picture of that on our Instagram um, for a better visual. But anyway, so he's wearing one of those, you know, trying to provoke the spirits, get some sort of reaction. Um, and at the same time, Nick um, hears rapid footsteps behind him. So he tells Zach to like, shut up basically. Um, and so he hears these footsteps go behind him and um, go towards the bridge that is um, between the two halves of Pavelia. Uh, and, something then knocks over a piece of their equipment that they had set up on a tripod on the bridge. And this was really interesting because um, they also had, they had a camera on the bridge. Um, and then they also had that, uh, I can't remember what it, what it was. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was a piece of equipment. Um, that was meant to, you know, be used to catch things. And um, what was really interesting, so um, so basically how it was set up, so Zach and Nick were down in the field. Um, Nick was filming Zach, and then Aaron was on the bridge um, next to that piece of equipment that fell, and he was filming from the bridge um, and looking down onto... Zach and Nick. And so in the playback from Aaron's point of view, um, who's on the bridge, you can hear like the rustling through, cause it's tall grass. So mm -hmm. you can hear the rustling through the grass and then you hear like boop, 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 boop on the bridge. And then that piece of equipment gets knocked down like forcefully. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, a little tip here. Like it was like, Pow. like the wind didn't just pull it. No, 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 definitely not. Um, so that was very interesting. Um, and also just the fact that like Nick, who was in the field, heard those footsteps behind him and was like, whoa, what the heck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, because Zach was in the middle of like talking and like trying to provoke the spirits. And so when Nick heard those footsteps, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa shh, you know, like Zach, sh you know, stop talking. And he was like, what? And then the thing fell on the bridge. And they're like, whoa, like what just happened? Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's very interesting. It's so interesting. Um, so uh, later on, they're back in one of the buildings um, and in one of the hallways, uh, the crew sets up like a little boom box um, with several questions pertaining to the mental hospital um, in Italian playing on loop. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, you know, the, these ghosts speak Italian, so you should ask questions in Italian <laughs> so that they understand, <laughs> you know, they probably, especially if they're plague victims, like I bet I can almost guarantee you that none of them speak English. Um, no, no, probably not Damn would it. be my guess. Um, uh, maybe other languages, but surely not English. Um, 
Where was I? So they they speak and they speak to the spirits or try to provoke them in. They they do a mixture. So um, because the the crew, uh, to my knowledge, they're not fluent in uh, Italian, but I, they did have like some questions written down on paper mm-hmm. in Italian to ask. Um, but they were also asking questions in English as well. So they were doing a bit of both. Um, but this recording, they actually got native speakers to record it. Um, oh, so they have the right emphasis and yeah like dialect okay or yeah you know whatever that word is <laughs> um so they had this set up in this hallway uh, and as well as a recorder next to it and then they also had a um night vision camera set up on a tripod as well just filming down the the hallway um and so they left this setup in the, in this hallway and just like kind of went off um and let it alone um which they do do that kind of often in like all of their episodes they'll like set up some equipment in an area and just kind of leave it and see if they catch anything um and that gives some more authenticity to it you know if- yeah so like you definitely know that nobody's like messing with right. it cuz they're not there um Anyway, so sure enough, um, 12 minutes into the question loop playing, the recorder picks up an EVP um, of someone speaking in Italian, and they later got it translated by a native speaker, and um, it says, come here, I'm here. Oh. Which is so interesting, like just creepy. Like, come find me. I'm here. Don't leave me. Yeah, kind of. That's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're like, oh, you know, come here. I'm here. Like, yeah, it's, ooh. That one definitely gave me a little bit of the chills. Oh, my goodness. Um. Anyway, so from there, the crew uh, split up to explore different parts of the island alone. Um, this is another thing that they commonly do. They'll, um, during their investigations, they'll split. Up. So they'll be single? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so while they're... Out. I know, right? <laughs> and especially, so I didn't even mention this, but um, for for most of their investigation, like after it got dark, they were just wandering around in the dark. Like they did have flashlights with them, but um, their cameras were night vision cameras. And so they basically just used like their camera's little playback screen to see where they were going. Oh, okay. So no. they, were li- they were literally walking in the pitch dark, not being able to see anything other than what their camera is pointed at. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. I'm like, well, but, and then, but you don't even know the terrain. I mean, what if. Mm hmm. I mean, they break out the flashlights here and there. Um, it's not like they never use them, but for the most part, they're just using like their cameras for the, for to nope. see. I know. I'm like just like just thinking about that because, of course, you know, like well, on the show, like you you see everything because it's night vision camera. But like to to think to have like remind yourself that they're walking literally in the pitch dark. They can't see what's going on, like other than what's on their little screen. Like that would just that would frighten me. <laughs> like just I know. that I alone. Mean, did they any 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 more goosebumps? Any more? 
Well, I'm not done. Oh, I'm not done. Okay, hold so, on. So um, this is what Zach encounters when he goes off on his own. So he went back to the room where he got possessed of sorts. Again, I don't know what goes through this guy's mind, but he's balls to the wall, I guess. Um, because I, if I got possessed, I sure as hell wouldn't go back. <laughs> I wouldn't I go mean, back to the I room where it happened. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, you know. But um, guess guess I'm boring. But uh, <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so he uh captures footsteps as well as moaning and other like muffled sounds. Uh, he also catches another EVP. Um. And this time you can make out that it it says let's fight. Oh. Like you can it you um it they you know play back the audio for you and kind of enhance it so you can like hear it better. Um and you totally can like at the very least you can totally make out that it does say fight in English. In English. Yeah. Which oh. I find interesting. Yeah. But um it does it says let's fight. Which is you know I'm wondering like can ghosts pick up things in the afterlife? Like, because, you know, a, a lot of English speakers have gone to this island. And so, like, do you think that they could have maybe picked up on English? I mean, <laughs> that that's a whole nother. I just thought about that right now. Like, I hadn't previously thought about that. But <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I, I, well, I don't think there's an answer out there for that. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but, <laughs> I'll find but out when very, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, but a very interesting thought. I mean, because, you know, um, conscious beings can, when you continue to learn, you know, and mm-hmm. you learn mm-hmm. things from your environment. So I guess it could be plaus- plausible. You know? I don't know. In That's a thought, world. though. Um, anyways and so right after catching um, that EVP of saying let's fight um, he catches another EVP um, and this one so this one um, the TV show didn't uh, clarify it as any words but to me in listening to it it sounded like it said better stop Oh, like and like I said, like the TV show, it didn't it it just um, wrote it off as a um, disembodied voice. Like it didn't um, say that they caught any specific words. But when I was listening just to the episode, like to me, it literally did sound like better stop, which I'm like, ooh, chills. Wow. Um, I'll have to show you because it is oof. It is chilly. So then about 30 minutes after. um Zach leaves the room. Um, he so he leaves the recorder in that room, um, as well as a uh, camera set up on a tripod. And so, about thirty minutes after he leaves, uh, the recording or the recorder catches an EVP saying "bye bye" in kind of a mocking voice. Which I'm like, oh, and you totally can hear it. It's just like, it's like this little bye-bye. Like, bye-bye now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's so. Don't let the door hit you. It's so weird and creepy. Ooh. Anyway, so that that's what Zach caught on his um, lone venture. Uh, and so Nick, when he was alone, he went to the old chapel. Um, and he. That's asking for it. <laughs> Um, 
what was interesting was so um the room that I told you about at the very beginning where like the historian as well as like the crew members got like the goosebumps and like hair standing on their mm-hmm. arms and stuff. Um, so this room is right outside the chapel uh, or like leads to the chapel. Okay. Um, and anyway, so um, Nick, he didn't feel anything bad inside the chapel, but when he was in the room outside of it, he um he definitely felt uneasy and like felt like he was being watched um and that sort of thing and so like he didn't have a guardian angel outside of the chapel yeah i didn't think about that but yeah that's oh that's an interesting thought um anyways but so he catches um some evps but they're indistinguishable um and he also sets up a camera on a tripod um, in that room that's outside of the chapel. Um, and that camera, so while he's inside the chapel, that camera picks up a black shadowy mist um, at the same time that the recorder picks up an EVP. Um, that EVP is indistinguishable, oh, but senators, you... Senators. Uh, I will definitely have to show you this part too because you totally see it's, and it's not like it's it's definitely not like a shadow from like outside or anything like that like it's it, it's it's clearly like this dark mass that like floats by um and you see it best there's like a pillar and you see it best going across that pillar oh wow and it's ooh, it's creepy um and then so um that's about the extent of what he caught while he was there but um again he left the recorder and camera that was on the tripod in that room um there when he left and so uh, almost an hour after he leaves um the camera um catches what sounds like a scream or like a yelp kind of um like a uh or a yeah kind of more like that okay. not like a or anything like that but yeah more of what like you startled? did startled kind of yeah yeah it definitely was yeah more of a startled like ah like surprise okay. type okay. of like yelp um and then uh, Aaron, who was the third crew member, he went to the bell tower um, for his loan venture. Why do you go to the bell tower? <laughs> Come you on, people. go to the scary places. I, I mean. Um, anyway, so Aaron ended up not really catching too much. Um, he really just caught like some noises um, and indis- indistinguishable EVPs. So his venture wasn't actually so very no Quasimodo in the no okay no Quasimodo no he basically like um, some things like were knocked over like a noise was made that way um, when like there wasn't like a draft or anything like that that could have caused the items to be knocked over. Um, and he wasn't like anywhere near them or moving when they fell. Um, so that was kind of the, like the most that really happened for him. Um, and that kind of wraps up the whole episode too. Um, cause afterwards they just kind of like reconvened and, um, 
you know, like talked about like what they experienced and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So that was pretty much the end of that episode. Um, And then I also watched this documentary that was made in 2018. It's called Island of the Dead. Um, And you can watch this on Amazon. It doesn't have great reviews, but it's not terrible. Um, It's basically these two um, like older English guys. Um, And like, I don't know, they'd probably be in like their 50s or 60s or something. Watch who you're calling older. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) They look older than you. Okay, well, I mean, you know, not everyone ages well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so these guys... um, Basically, when they first get to the island, um, one of them just kind of, like, goes on a walk around the island, just kind of showing it and talking about the history and stuff like that. And, like, as he's coming back to meet up with the other guy, um, I didn't catch their names somehow. Um, Maybe I just missed them, but I didn't catch their names, so I don't know what their names are. Sorry. So it's going to be this guy and that guy. (laughs) Englishman A, Englishman B. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so as he's walking back to, to the buildings to meet up with the other investigator, um, his camera picks up an EVP of a woman's voice, um, speaking in what I'm assuming is Italian because it certainly was not English. Okay. Um, but I don't know if that guy actually heard it. It points it out in the documentary, but I don't think at the time that he was recording, I don't think he heard it because he didn't react or anything like that. Mm. Um, but so that was interesting because it was clearly a feminine voice that you heard. And you could definitely tell that she says a couple words, but they're they're certainly not English. Um, so I would assume they're Italian. Um, and then for pretty much most of the documentary, um, they the two investigators are using EMF detectors to um basically like have a conversation with the spirits. So they um you know, ask them like yes, no questions. Um, and for most of them, like if the answer is yes, they want the spirit to spike the EMF reader mm-hmm. um, to indicate that the answer is yes. Um, or they'll be like, you know, if you want us to leave, you know, spike the thing. Um, but anyway, so they ask, you know, a series of questions and they they find out that they're talking with... Um, a woman um, who is, uh, she was like a mental patient um, at the hospital and she is like very afraid of the doctor's spirit. Uh, And they also found out that her family is with her um, and they like protect her from the doctor's spirit as well as any other evil spirits. So, so given, how how do they ask? Do they, do they say, I mean, do they say, are you, are, you, are you alone? Yeah. So basically, yeah, it's a, it's a series of yes and no questions. Like they start out with, you know, like, is anybody here? Um, if they get, you know, a spike, they're like, oh, are, you know, are you alone? Are you with somebody? And the spike is not something that they can manipulate? No. So the EMF detector, um, like I said, it's electromagnetic um, field detector. Um, so you can't have a magnet and go, Correct. And they, and they show that, like, they don't have any magnets on them or anything like that. And also, um, there is absolutely no electricity on that island anymore um, since it got shut down back in the 60s. Um, okay. 
the electricity got shut off and since then there hasn't been any. So um, there shouldn't be any um, normal thing that would cause an EMF detector to go off. Okay. Just trying to play, Um, you know. No, as you should, as you should. Um, But yeah, so no, there shouldn't shouldn't be anything there that that would cause it to go off other than spirits. Um, so yeah, so basically, you know, they go through a series of questions, you know, and, and they ask the spirit, you know, like, are you a girl? Are you a boy? Um, are you a woman? Are you, you know, like Mm -hmm. to figure out like if they're young or old. Um, and then they did when they figured out that they were talking to a woman, um, you know, they asked like, oh, is your family with you? Like, um, they, these two gentlemen, like they very much seemed like they, they wanted to like comfort the spirits that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause you could see it like, cause they, they called this, this female spirit, um, you know, like sweetie or um, like sweetheart a lot. And it, it's kind of funny because some of the comments uh, or like the reviews on Amazon are like, there's a bunch of creepy old men. Like they keep calling her sweetie and sweetheart and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, um, when I was watching it, I didn't get a creepy old man vibe. Like to me, it was more like they were talking to like a granddaughter type of like, you know, like, oh, you know, like, thank you, sweetheart for answering or, you know, like that, mm-hmm. like kind of more of a comfort, like they were trying to be more comforting. At least that's what I felt about it. You didn't get it. You didn't get the creepo vibe. No, I didn't get the creepo vibe, but I mean, you know, we each interpret things differently, I that suppose. So. That's just my take on it. Um, but anyway, so in, in talking with this um, spirit, they also found out that um, uh, they asked her if, like, the doctor um, made her do things that she didn't want to, and she confirmed that, yes, he did. Um, so, And they didn't get specific about it, so I don't know what that would have been. Um, like if it would have been, like, a bigger spike or... No, no, no. I mean, like, like, like. I don't know what the doctor made her do. Oh, oh, oh that she didn't oh, oh, want to okay. do. Um, and then so they also um, started trying to get the woman's name by going through the alphabet um, letter by letter, and um, having her spike the EMF detector whenever they got to the correct letter. Um, they didn't get very far in that um, when all of a sudden they picked up an EVP of a man's voice saying Mona. Oh. Yeah, it's like, it was like Mona, Mona, which was really interesting. So I'm wondering if maybe that was one of her family members or something, because she did tell them that her family was with her. That's true. Um and that was pretty much like the extent of that. They tried to do further questioning, um, but she kind of stopped answering. Um, I think maybe like she was just drained. And because, uh, I mean, to my knowledge, like it takes spirits a lot of energy for them to communicate. communicate. Um, and so that's why you hear a lot of people be like, you know, you know use me for energy or like there's, there's actually like oh. technology or like, um, like, yeah, like, different technology that will emit, um, like, electromagnetic fields that they can draw from, uh, which is interesting. 
amplify that? Or? Right, because you don't know if you're going to get a good spirit or a bad spirit. Or the spirit. doctor's going to come. Right? Um, anyways, but yeah, so that was pretty much the um, most noteworthy of things to occur f- during that documentary. Um, and then I also watched like a few different YouTube videos of just people that um, went to the island to explore it, um, not necessarily for like paranormal investigation um, specifically. I mean, they knew they knew like all of the rumors and stuff about it, but that wasn't necessarily like their main goal um, in exploring the island. And these videos didn't really amount to too much. Um, mostly, um, they just caught like kind of like just odd noises. Um, some like kind of like muffled, indistinguishable voices. Uh, a lot of them um, got feelings of like uneasiness or lightheadedness um, in different parts of the island. Lightheadedness. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, that kind of comes from like if a spirit is taking energy from you, you get kind of lightheaded, okay. dizzy. You know, you got to sit down, take a breather for a minute. Um, so, yeah. So those didn't really amount to too much. Um, but I just wanted to mention them real brief, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Because um, they're, you know, normal, average, everyday people. Um, and then, in so in 2016, a group of five people from Colorado went to the island um, because, you know, they had heard all the stories surrounding it. Um, and apparently there was supposed to be a, like, scary movie coming out the next year that was, a, like, revolved around Povelia. And so they were you know, curious about it and they wanted to go see if it truly was haunted. So, and these are like young, young adults. Like I think they're like college age. Okay. Um, so like early twenties. Anyway, so they wanted to go to the Island and they wanted to stay overnight. Um, so the five members of the group were, um, Kenny, Isaac, Wade, Sarah, and Will. Um, no Cartman. No Cartman. <laughs> um, anyway, so they got to the island um, via water taxi, um, and they had to, like, pay somebody, you know, a hefty amount because it's illegal to go there. They didn't have permission to go. Oh, they didn't have permission. Oh, okay. Nope, nope, nope. And many people do. Actually, like, all of the YouTube videos that I watched, too, they didn't have permission to go either. They had to, like, pay people that were willing to take them and those people that were willing to take them, their prices were high. Well. Um, and they're like, yeah, I'm not staying. Like, uh, you'll get, you know, X amount of time. I'll be back to get you if you're not there. Like our Uber driver that t- took us to the race. Yes! Meet me at four. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> totally like that. <laughs> Except we weren't going to a haunted island. No, so. just a rainforest. <laughs> In the middle of a country we've never been to before. <laughs> well, I guess I don't. Uh, nope. <laughs> I guess Puerto Rico is technically part of our the U.S., but you know, or it's a territory, whatever. It's a territory. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so like a, a lot of people, like tourists especially, like they will, um, you know, find somebody to take them for the price and, um, 
yeah, and usually they're like, you know, if you're if you're not there at this time, I'm waiting like two minutes and I'm out. Because if they get caught by the police, like police do patrol the lagoon. Oh, yeah, then they're, I mean, I'm sure they. Yeah, because like I said, like it's a hefty fine and you can potentially get jail time for it. Because, I... Um, I mean, there are, you know, there's fences around it. Um, at least nowadays, like there are fences around it. And, you know, that say, you know, like no trespassing, keep out and yada, yada. Um, well, if people go, I mean, isn't there, don't they? Oh, yeah. There's, like, holes in the fence. Some of it's knocked over. Like, you know. Oh. It's like the border wall. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> Anyways, back back, back to, to the story here. Um, so, uh, they... Uh, explore the island for a bit before finding a place to set up their camp. Um, after it got dark, they all um, went to sleep. Um, they had done their exploring, and so it was time to sleep. Anyway, so Kenny, Will, and Wade were in one tent, and then Isaac and Sarah were in another tent um, because they were dating at the time. Oh, hell's to the no. We are all sleeping in one tent. <laughs> That might be kind of weird, though, for Sarah in a tent with four guys. She agreed on this. She agreed to this. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Sleep in your clothes. (laughs) I would hope that they all slept in their clothes anyway. I mean, you can you can wiggle the bra out through the through the (laughs) your sleeve. I mean, if you need to. That's true. They might not have had a five person tent though. Plan. Well, you can blame Sarah then, because apparently she was the planner of the trip. Well, Sarah, duh. Um, uh, anyways, okay, so. First rule in Fright Club. <laughs> Fright Club. <laughs> well, y'all sleep in the same tent. <laughs> I don't know why, but Fright Club just really got me. <laughs> Uh, okay, shut up. I'm continuing. <laughs> um, um, anyway, so Sarah fell asleep very quickly um, because she was just exhausted from the day's events. Of course. Um, and a while later, she woke up and was like looking around the tent and she saw a man in the tent with her and Isaac. So it wasn't Isaac. Um, and... It was the doctor. Uh, his uh-huh. his eyes looked crazed and filled with malice. Um, he moved behind her, and she tried to turn to see where he went, but she couldn't. Um, she realized at that time she was tied down and couldn't move. Like, literally? T- I mean, she was tied down and couldn't move. Literally or, or then, force field? Or force down. field. <laughs> um, I don't think a force field, but anyway. So I mean, he could have Darth Vader sh- her sh- ass. He could have. Dar- <laughs> he's not a Sith Lord. He's a ghost. Sith Lord. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so suddenly uh, she could hear a sound nearby, and it sounded like a drill. Oh! The sound started to get louder as it got closer and closer to her head. She tried to scream to get Isaac's help, but she couldn't make a sound. 
the buzzing of the drill continued to get louder and louder until it was um, until it was the only thing that she could hear. She felt a pressure on her temple, and then she felt the sound was coming from inside her head. No. She felt a warm liquid running down her neck. Was it her blood? She felt the doctor pause as if to jot down a note. She withered in pain, fire exploding in her skull. Then suddenly the doctor and Drill were gone and she could move once more. She felt the side of her head, but it was only sticky with sweat. Then she finally noticed that she wasn't actually in the tent anymore, but was standing outside. She had no idea how she got there. She was not a sleepwalker, normally. Um, She shouted for Isaac, stumbling around. Um, trying to find get her way back to the tents. Um, and Sarah then heard a rustling um, from the bushes behind her. And then Isaac yelling, why did you do that? And she turned to look at him and saw that his hand was covering his forehead and there was blood coming from underneath it. Um, Sarah asked what she did because um, she, didn't, she didn't know what he was talking about. And Isaac told her that she threw a bottle at him and, and it cut his head. And he pointed at the broken bottle on the ground. And um, Sarah told him that she never threw anything at him, let alone a bottle. Um, and so they thought that maybe somebody was like messing with them. Like, cause she told him, she's like, I don't remember ever throwing anything at you. Like, I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, and so they're like, well, you know, is somebody on the island? Is somebody messing with us? Um, but they didn't recall ever seeing any signs of other people on the island, like when they were exploring earlier. Um, so how did she know it was the doctor? Did he have the the um, plague mask on? or, or? You know, it doesn't—she didn't say. I think she just got that feeling that it oh. was him. Um, and then, of course, you know, the drill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I could have been a dentist. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyways, but they still felt like they were being watched and followed by something. Um, they thought about waking up the other three, but uh, they decided against it because they didn't want to be rude. They were sleeping Excuse somehow. Me? They didn't quite understand how they were still sleeping, but they were. Um, so they're like, yeah, you know, we'll... We'll just leave it. Um, instead, they chose to just sit outside of of their tent, of the three's tent, because um, they knew that they were not going to be getting back to sleep that night. So they're like, well, we might as well just stay up and we'll watch, you know, keep an eye out, make sure nothing else weird happens. Um, and so they checked inside the tent to make sure that their friends were okay and they saw, you know, the three figures um, peacefully sleeping. Um, not disturbed at all. And then about an hour later, uh, Sarah and Isaac hear Kenny say hello. But the sound didn't come from inside the tent. It came from a nearby cluster of trees. Uh, Kenny again says hello. And then someone help. Where am I? So he was confused. Um, and then they heard Wade shout from even further away. Hello. Guys, hello? So he was also outside of the tent. They didn't open up the tent and look and see if they were gone? They had checked on them. when. So when Sarah and Isaac decided to 
just keep watch. They did look inside the tent and they saw three figures. I mean, when they heard that, didn't they look inside the tent again? Well, they sat outside the tent the entire time. Nobody ever came out of the tent. Okay. So, yeah, that's why they were like, well, okay, that's weird. Um, anyways, and then Will, the third guy, came stumbling um, towards the camp holding his head. So he also wasn't inside the tent. And Sarah and Isaac look at each other, and they're like, if Kenny White and Will weren't inside the tent, then what the hell were those three figures that they saw in there? Um, so right then, they started hearing whispering coming from inside the tent, and it sounded just horrible and, like, inhuman. And um, so, of course, Sarah and Isaac start screaming and running towards the other members of the group. And then, so a nearby sailboat happens to hear their screams and calls um, local authorities. Uh, and so they came to the, the local authorities came to the island and rescued the group. Um, but of course, not without finding them for trespassing. Well, I mean. And they're like, right. they're like, you we do don't, it. we don't care. Like, we just get us off this island. Like, we don't want to be here anymore. Because, mm-hmm. of course, they're all freaked out. Um, anyway, so they make it back to Colorado safely, um, but not without, you know, some mental scars. And a few weeks later, uh, Sarah, um, gets an email. Oh, I totally forgot to say it. So they had brought, um, a film camera with them to take photos just like of their trip. And so, um, A few weeks after they returned, Sarah got an email um, that the photos were developed um, and they were, like, scanned and attached to the email. And so um, her and Isaac start going through them. Um, They see, you know, pictures of the group eating Italian food, drinking wine, having fun. Um, And then when they get to the pictures that they took on Povelia, um, these ones didn't turn out quite right. So they were pretty much in every single picture that they took on Povelia had um, these orbs of light in the photos, um, as well as like their faces were like not in focus. And in some of them, they were kind of like distorted um, a little bit. Um, And then when they got to the second to the last photo, they saw that it was all five of them lying in a circle formation on the ground in a field. Um, And they all appeared to be asleep. Who took the picture? That's what they want to know. Anyways, and so then Isaac goes to open the last photo, but Sarah stops him and is like, no, don't open that. Um, You know, she's freaked out um, and really scared. And Isaac's like, why you know like why don't you want me to open this he's thinking that she knows something or like remembers something Mm -hmm. and she doesn't answer him so he goes and opens it anyways and the last photo it's of all five of them again in the same field but this time they are all standing and in the middle of the circle that they create as the five of them is another man um with his back towards the camera so you can't see his face. They don't know who this man is. They don't recognize him. They don't know who he is. 
And coming from, like, kind of coming off the top of this man's head is, like, a dark mass, um, which then tentacles out and into the mouths of the five. No way. Did they show a picture of that? Anyway, so Sarah and Isaac were, of course, shocked and horrified by this picture. They both start to hear the sound of a drill getting closer and closer to them. And they realize that they couldn't move because they're tied down. In, they're in Colorado, in their own home. Mm-hmm. And that's all we know. Where'd they go? <laughs> that's all we know. What do you, what do you mean? They, they disappeared? That's all the information I got. Well, what happened to Kenny and... I don't know. It doesn't say what happens to them. Um, it's very interesting. I didn't find this story in many places, but um, for sure, in the very least, these five did go to Pavalia, and they were taken off the island um, by firefighters because um, somebody heard them screaming and called the... So that's that, that can be verified other Yeah, so that with, was with f- police records, fire records, whatever. Um Well, I guess I didn't look at like records like that, but that at least that portion was stated in multiple sources that I read. Um this story, the rest of the story, however, um came from a podcast. Oh. That I listened to. And I they didn't list their sources, so I don't know where they got this story. Um, but it was very spooky ooky and I had to tell it. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know X Files. Um, I don't know if what happened to them on that island is true or not. Um, at the very least, when they were picked up by the firefighters, they were extremely terrified. Um, and they they were very scared. So Oh, my goodness. You know, take that what you will. Um, But it doesn't, um, other sources aside from that one podcast, um, other sources don't say what what they witnessed or anything other than that they certainly witnessed paranormal activity that scared them real good. Wow. Teach you to trespass. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? But... Anyway, so that that is what I have for you today. Damn. Wow. That You're I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to go there either. I'm fine with just looking at what other people have discovered. <laughs> we don't we don't need to go any further. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All righty, you guys. So, um you can go follow us on Instagram at Booze and Bloodshed. Um, you can also email us any uh, comments, concerns, questions at uh, boozeandbloodshed at gmail.com. Um, and that link is also in uh, the description of the episode. Um, so you can check that out there if you have any questions or concerns or anything. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We really would, because I um, haven't uh, seen like any reviews. I mean, I guess not. Uh, I guess that's not necessarily a bad thing, but 
you know, it would be nice to know what others think, you know, if we're going on the right path here. Um, but anyways, we'll be back at you next week with another case. All right. Until then. Bye. Bye.